This show is a proud member of the Nerdy Legion Podcast Network. Get more at nerdylegion.com. Enjoy the show! What is up, everybody? It is Saturday morning, week five of self-isolation. Yes, I did say Saturday morning because I'm recording this on a Saturday. And as you can tell by me saying I, I'm running solo today. That's right. I'm going to try to pull this off by myself. I've never done this before by myself, (laughs) so I don't know what the result will be. It might be a big pile of poo. But, what the heck, Um, Fred's not available this week, he is busy with family stuff, Um, yeah, but you know, I kind of talked about this last week, and we brought it up at the beginning about keeping your schedule, trying to maintain some form of um, order to your life during this quarantine and stay home nonsense, well, it's not nonsense, it's important for us to stay safe, but... It does get irritating after a while, and you can go a little stir-crazy being stuck in the house. So, I decided I'm going to just record and hit a few topics. I don't know how this is going to go. Like I said, I've never done a solo show, um, and our show is a buddy show. Um, We're literally two guys who like to talk about comics and wrestling, and with one guy missing, I don't know. We'll see. We'll see if the... Well, uh, I guess we'll just see. Let's go ahead and jump right into the comic book stuff. Um... We, I didn't read much because there's not a lot to read. Uh, I am reading my piles of comics that I let stack up. I have a tendency with certain titles to um, kind of, I, I call it like a floppy trade stack, for lack of a better thing. We make jokes about it, Fred. It's like, um, I could save a lot of money and just wait and buy the trade instead of buying all these individual floppies and then stacking them up and reading them as an arc. Um I just tend to do that because I buy too much and the collector in me wants to have the floppy and I just don't get to it right away. So I stack it up and I get to it. I I did that with almost all the Valiant titles, for example. So I've been on this Valiant binge and I'm starting to get to the point where I'm caught up. Um, I've done it with some of the more um, dramatic, longer arcs, I would say, from Image, like Oblivion Song and um, Gideon's Falls. Um, I'm doing it with the Angel Buffy series. I'm about to dive into that. Um, some some of my Red Sonia, the same thing. So that's what I'm reading. I have nothing new because nothing is shipping. But we got some really cool news that Diamond is going to start shipping eventually. And even cooler, DC's just going to bypass Diamond altogether to get this thing rolling um, in April, uh, which is pretty cool. And... I have a, like a little insight in this, I guess, because one of the notes I saw is um, who they're going to use. Um, so DC's got to um, partner with um, these two distributors, Lunar Distribution and UCS Comic Distributors. Uh, UCS Comic Distributors, from what I'm looking to, handle a lot of Midtown stuff. Um, so Midtown Comics is a big comic book store in, in um, New York City. A lot of people that I know order from them online. I've ordered from them online. I have a an order that's out that's out there right now that hasn't arrived, and I have one that arrived this week. Um, so that's pretty cool. 
I, I know what they do. Um, the other one, Lunar, what's really interesting about that is they are the DCBS, who me and Fred talk about all the time, um, discount comic book service that we use a lot to get a lot of our comics. Um, they're a mail order service. They have everybody's comic on there pretty much. Um, a lot of small publishers, like I, I get Mad Cave from them. Um, I get, oh, who does kids? Oh, shoot. But they have, you know, they have all the small publishers on there as well. And they're really good. And we, I, you know, we talk about all the time how it's one way that we're able to buy so many comics. Um, because you have the comics that are at the shop, which are much more expensive. And if I just strictly tried to buy what I buy all at the shop, there's no way. <laughs> it put me in the poorhouse. Um, this allows me to read more titles, um, especially for this show, still stay with physical comics versus digital. And I still support my comic book shop regularly because I still buy probably about maybe 80 titles. Well, no, not quite that much. We'll go with with 50 titles 50 titles a month still from the comic book shop because i miss something something new comes out word of mouth or i just feel like going to the shop and buying something so it's a way for me to have both but anyway lunar gets these comics to my um home every week through dcbs now i'm not gonna lie we made joke last week and i make jokes in the past that they're a little spotty on their turnaround time both midtown and lunar or DCBS, um, sometimes Midtown takes two weeks for them to get their stuff to me. Of course, I'm not going priority. Um, so this is going to be a priority thing to get these to the retail shops. Uh, DCBS, um, Fred does much better because DCBS is uh, located in Indiana. And Fred will tend to get his comics. Okay, so not usually on that Wednesday, but he'll get them on Tuesday. So there's just only a day turnaround a lot. If they if he gets them on Friday, that's or Saturday, that means they're kind of late that week. Uh, me, I'm not so lucky. I tend to get my comics the following Monday. But that's because I'm out west. And what makes that kind of interesting is the article says that they're gonna divide um the article, by the way, is at the beat to give um credit to the um the website that broke this so it's um at the beat.com comic book culture and um what they say is that they're going to divide the country in half and the dcbs portion lunar is going to handle the west coast which i find interesting because like i just finished telling you is they are usually much later on getting me my comics out west and i've talked to other people who use the service they also tend to get their comics late so i was kind of surprised that they're gonna be in charge in the west but it is what it is um i think it's cool um they use everybody so i could see eventually once they get their system going and once they get their infrastructure completely in to handle this i could see some more um publishers using them probably not right away because just getting dc out to the shops that are going to be open is going to be a challenge like, I already got um, some info from one of the comic shops down. Um, Tucson hasn't opened up. And because it hasn't opened up, they can't do curbside technically yet. But they're trying to figure out if they're going to do maybe a possible delivery service when this opens up. But So, so every place, in other words, is going to be different. Not every comic, even though comics are shipping, some comic book stores may not be able to 
get the comics to you because they they're not an essential um business yeah we're gonna get into that later when i get into the wrestling but it's cool news it's really awesome it, it's uplifting for me because not having new comics has kind of been a downer um not that, like i said i have so much other stuff i can read and i like bragged about well i have plenty of stuff but just the thrill of of new comic book day on wednesday is something that comic book listeners and fans will know what i'm talking about you just you just get excited i mean that's why i say even on a bad week i'll i want to go to the shop and pick up something you know it's just it's something it's a ritual it's a joy it's something i i like to do i get a you know starbucks and i head over there say hi to um malcolm at the desk <laughs> um you know everybody's in there there's just an atmosphere of um excitement on new comic book day so you know i i'm excited for that to come back even if it means it's just a delivery or a curbside just to get get the flow again and it's awesome that it's dc because i do read dc if it had been marvel it'd been not as awesome because i only read about four marvel titles um but yeah it's a start it's a start to get back in in things get back in the swing of things so that's really good news another comic book story that um happened um that i thought that was really cool is um boom studios has signed a deal with netflix to start um creating shows on netflix this is really interesting in the sense that boom studios has lots of different writers and people so it's not like the millar world netflix deal millar world is millar so that's mike millar or mark millar's um properties that he's developing and you know we all know either you like Millar or you don't like Millar because he's notorious for writing his comics in a way that they feel like they're um they're just um a bare bones um synopsis for a tv show that's why he's successful making tv shows um but this will be interesting because Boom has a lot of neat things um it also has some stuff that already are shows so I think people have to discern the difference there. Like Natars, they have things like Adventure Time. They have Angel and Buffy the Vampire Slayer, um, stuff like that. Big name shows that already exist or movies, properties. And so, I don't think that's what they're talking about. And and I think that's important to hit because people bring up Power Rangers. That's the big one everyone constantly brings up because there's. There's some great Power Ranger comic books on Boom. I mean, do yourself a favor and check out these um, Power Ranger comics. Um, they're really good. But so I don't think this means that we're going to get a necessarily a Power Ranger show or a Power Ranger movie or something like that. Power Rangers is is its own thing. It's its own IP. Even though they is a there's a comic made at Boom Studios that's still some. It's like you know Star Wars comics are made at Marvel. That doesn't mean Marvel is going is going to be able to control what happens with Star Wars. Uh that would be the way I look at it. But there are some great titles. Um Boom has some writers that I really like, you know, Colin Bunn has a couple of great books on this. Um Matt Kent is a regular on Boom. Um who else has a great um some titles I, you know, was thinking of are immediately um Saladin um Ahmed's um Abbott I think would um definitely translate well. Um Sammy Cavella um draws that um with Jason Wordy is doing the um 
colors. And that is like set. She's a reporter, kind of works the crime beat. Um, so you, you, it's a crime drama, but it also has a horror side. It's set in Detroit. I think it's set in the seventies, if I recall. It's seventy-six. It's been a while since I read Abbott, but that one. And so when you think of um, Boom, I think those are the ones that do best. You also have um, Bone Parish, Colin Bunn's book. That is, um, let's see, Gamaris colors it. Uh, who draws Bone Parish? Oh, Jonah Sharp, and that's another crime drama with a bit of horror set in New Orleans. Um, there's this interesting drug that turns people into like kind of a zombie kind of thing. Uh, it, I don't want to give away too much, but those are two that jump out to me right away. Matt Kent's Black Badge would be a lot of fun. Um, then, you know, you have very famous titles like um, Lumberjanes. You have, um, oh, you have Giant Days. We talked about that on the show recently. Um, you have Irredeemable. Um, which is a really cool comic book. Um, if you haven't had a chance to read that, that's Mark Wade. Imagine like the most powerful um, superhero decides he wants to be a supervillain. Check that. And as a matter of fact, you can read that on comic Comicsology Unlimited right now. So if you're bored and you're looking for some new stuff to read, you know, set up a Comicsology Unlimited subscription and check out Irredeemable. That's just one of many cool comics you can check out there. But Anyway, I'm just excited because there are more properties and these are the kind of comics that Fred and I enjoy. This is why we're into independent comic stores. They're a little different. You know, Irredeemable is capes, but most of these other ones are not cape comic books. And the, the average, you know, viewer, a Netflix viewer, doesn't need to be made aware necessarily it's a comic. Yes, you want to tell them and you want to like, hopefully they're willing to go look for some more, you know, digging deeper, like, oh, I'd like to check that comic book out, or I'd like to check out that writer, you know, and plus, I don't know how Boom works, so I don't know if the writers own the IPs outright, or, or Boom owns a piece of them, I don't know Boom's deal versus, say, Image, I should have probably looked that up, <laughs> but I'm excited, uh, you know, the more interesting ideas that can be put into a show, the better, um, I think, it's good for the industry in the whole. I mean, the only thing is, yeah, we get into the argument. Some of these guys are not comic book first. They're screenwriters trying out an idea in a comic. What their real goal is about making movies and shows. And they don't really have necessarily the passion for the comic. But I don't know. If, if you don't have the passion for the comic book part, the comic tends to fail anyway. So I think... You know, the, the just the nature of comic books will weed out the bad shit anyway. So, <laughs> uh, I think it works out. But that's something to watch for uh, with Boom Studios. Um, I know Fred had some great um, thoughts on that, and I'm sure he'll hit that later. He was pretty excited about that, especially Bone Parish. He loves Bone Parish. Um, it's one of his favorite comic books ever. And so, again, a chance to see that show and those people come to life is, is going to be pretty cool. Um, let's see. I think that's all I have really comic book wise. Um, like I said, um, I was reading um, Gideon Falls, but you know, it's something that most people have read, so I'm not going to get into it. And if you haven't heard of or are not reading Gideon Falls, I'd be shocked <laughs> listening to a podcast about comics. But it, yeah, it's it's Matt, it's um, Jeff Lemire. Uh, look for it, it's award winning. Uh, you can't, Andrea Sorrentino, um, it does the art on. Gideon Falls, it's a scary book. It's a great book to read at night. Creepy out. Yeah, The Laughing Man. So next I'm going to move on to the wrestling really fast. Uh, 
the wrestling was such a bummer this week. Uh, it really did. I was in a shit mood most of the week because of the wrestling. It definitely peppered my attitude. It peppered the way I felt about anything, everything. Uh, that's why this comic book news was a nice palate cleanser here on Friday. It just, you know, we were hearing about all the stuff about WWE as it was advancing. And I don't want to get too political, but it's obvious they called in favors. And it just stinks the way that the whole timeline progressed of calling in favors to open up and be, quote, an essential business, you know, so that they could still do live tapings, put their people in danger. And that alone was really just, it had a, a like slimy feel to be associated. And that's where, you know, being a wrestling fan, you all know it if you're a wrestling fan. You have your friends that just give you shit about being a wrestling fan. Why do you watch that fake shit? Why do you watch that carny shit, bunch of redneck nonsense? I mean, why, why, why do you do that? You know, what, what, how could you watch that? You can't explain it to them. They're, they're not going to get it. They're not going to like it. And you just have to kind of like, ugh, you know, don't talk to me about it. And that kind of story, national story of the way this week progressed about how they are able to open up during a pandemic made it even worse. You know, I get all these, I got, you know, texts from people and stuff like, dude, really? Is this what goes on with this wrestling shit? Is this how crooked this wrestling stuff is? And, uh, just so it's already you're in a bad mood. And then we get Black Wednesday. And for those that aren't following wrestling as well, Black Wednesday was basically what they're calling. WWE let go a lot of people. I think it's like 35, 36 people, including backstage talent as well as wrestlers. And it just reeks, you know. They get permission to stay open. They brag about the money they have for their investors because it's all about keeping the stock market up. And then they just cut people during a pandemic. What's slimy about it is... You know, there's a 90-day compete. And I believe that they can compete right now, some of them. But to do that, they would lose the benefits they're getting for the next 90 days in the pay. And of course, WWE knows there's nowhere they have to go. So basically, they're sending you home without pay for 90 days because they know the market shit. And they probably are going to be able to re-sign you for a lot less. Um, because... The contracts are very different in wrestling. You know, I'm not going to get deep into the business side of it, but think NFL, how the NFL can cut you. You know, your contract's not guaranteed. So it's all about the upfront money. The same way with wrestling. It's all about the upfront money. As much money as you can get up front, the better. And then you fucking pay your taxes and you, you stash it away because you just don't know when something like this is going to happen. So I listen to a lot of podcasts, listen to a lot of people that are in the business and that you could just hear it in their voices that this was some really messed up stuff. And some people that had been there for a long time and you look at it, it's like, well, they've been there for a long time, aging athlete, let's kick them out and get some fresh new start. Well, I don't know. It's just such a different kind of business, but it is a business um, that you think they would have taken care of their people during this. It's bad for some of these guys because, yeah, eventually some of them will get work, but where? And it's going to be a buyer's market. Um, the wrestling money that was being tossed around <laughs> last year will not be tossed around 
coming up in the future. So a lot of these guys are going to end up with less money, even if they are able to get into, say, AEW or, or New Japan, um, two of the bigger ones. But even Impact, ROH are great choices, NWA. You could, once it gets rolling again, you can roll the indies. Um, hopefully the indies will be back. But we don't know because wrestling is dependent on people going to the shows. That's where a lot of the money's made. It, it's it's a ticket based. You know, people go to the shows, spend money, live event money. So while the businesses may finally be able to be open and people may be able to attend these shows, will we all have money to spend on expendable like that? You know, to go to a wrestling show, especially a more expensive show like say AEW or you know one of the higher end shows. Um, Will the you know the Japanese market be able to sustain you know people going to live New Japan shows because everyone's gonna be coming off this with less money because a lot of people aren't working or some people lost jobs and when we finally start working again most money's gonna go towards um, maybe something that was neglected who knows what you know your own personal bills or different things so we don't know what it means so I don't think wrestlers are gonna necessarily you know everyone's like all excited oh AEW you know. It's like, you know, the halfway house where everybody just, everyone will come on down, you know. They're going to sign everyone. They're not going to do that. They're going to have to really realistically look at some of these wrestlers and figure out, okay, who is worth the investment right now? Um, who brings something different? You know, like, do they have an idea? Are they ready to reinvent themselves? Because you can't just go to AEW and be a star because you're in ex-WWE. You have to have a new idea. You have to be someone... You know, the way that Luke Harper is becoming someone else, the way that, um, oh, who would I? Sean Spears is a great example of someone who's reinvented himself, his new music, his new look, his different attitude, the way he's wrestling, and he's comfortable in a mid-card position. I think Sean Spears could be at that company for a long time. He could be an incredible asset. And he's, you know, right where he should be slotted. And I think that's, unfortunately, where some of these guys are. I I mean, Rusev is a big-ass name. Now, Rusev is a whole different ballgame than the rest of them. But Rusev wanted to leave anyway. So, But he's going to command some money eventually. He's going to be fine. But some of these other guys, like Zack Ryder, Zack Ryder would be right there in the Sean Spears. Even though Zack has been more on the big show than Sean has, I still think because of his age... Um, he's not, you know, Zack Ryder's not going to become your world champion. He may become your new TNT champion at some point. Um, I think he could work a tag team. Um, no problem. But, you know, someone like Drake Maverick, um, he'd be an incredible asset. He can wrestle. He could do anything. You know, he's a personality. He could, he's a jack of all trades, which, but AEW has a lot of those right now. So you have to be careful that, not accidentally burying the new talent by, um, I mean, they're, they're like developmental talent that they're building with all these new names that people just want to see um, for cheap pops. That's, that's what Impact made that mistake. But I think a lot of these guys eventually will get work. I think Sarah Logan, if I were WW, um, if I were AEW, I'd look very hard at Sarah Logan um, and Vertrosa, um, Deanna Perazzi. Because we've we talk about that a lot on the show that their women's division is lacking a bit, and these girls, these women from WWE, are so polished at this point. The promo skills are at a higher level um, because of all the the reps they put in. Um, 
they're very good in the ring and they definitely could make an impact and make that division stronger so th those are some people i'd look at but yeah i was pissed i was i was livid i was telling fred i mean i just and the comments oh my gosh like the day it was happening you'd see somebody getting cut and some of their fellow wrestlers from around the different places would like be like oh man i'm sorry oh man we got you back and the people just glamming on to this shit you know, like saying the dumbest shit. And if you're a comic book fan, you know the dumbest shit that they say creators. Like, oh, well, you don't know. This is what's going to happen. I just like, oh, no, no. This this is kind of like a private conversation going on in public. And it was very heartwarming to read the different wrestlers support each other. But all I did was read. I, there's, there's nothing for me to add to this. I, I mean, I don't know shit. And most of these people commenting don't know shit. You have no idea what's going on with these people. You don't know who's actually furloughed, who actually has another job. It's a real, you know, real big deal right now for you not to be out of work. You know, this world is in a really difficult place. And, God, it just brought me down. Um, and I stayed down for most of the week. I did watch AEW, and it did bring a smile to my face because fucking Jericho's the goat. God, is he incredible. He made me laugh so much. He he was much better this week than last week. I think everyone loved him less. But I mean, this week he was totally in his groove. And him and Shivani just, they had such a good time. And the matches were actually interesting. They made the matches entertaining for me. I think the, uh, lots of props to Colt Cabana. Um, he just really proved to me how good he is. Uh, even at his age, his, his pre-match promo. Actually, for a, a little bit there, maybe believe maybe he could win. You know, he did a really good job of selling himself to make me believe that maybe they will tell the Cabana story. And then such a worker in the ring. He he made um, Archer look like a beast. And that, that was a great match. And the right person advanced, of course, Archer, because Archer's a bigger story. Archer's story involves Cody Rhodes, who's, who's a big name. He's their number one baby face. So that's cool. You get a Jake promo. I was really into that. Then, you know, Sammy comes out <laughs> with Pineapple Pete. And um, that match was very entertaining. And Jericho's commentary with it made it much more entertaining. Sammy is just, I think the the future is great for him. He he just has the personality. He has the swagger. He, he's really easy to hate. Um, perfect heel work. Um, another great match and then you know that sets up to him and Darby next week Darby comes out which is going to be an outstanding match um let's see Britt Baker amazing this this Britt Baker has become something that I never saw could happen um I was I've been very down on her her AEW um career so far I liked her in the indies but I felt like it just never was clicking and now this she's become so entertaining um as this kind of like mean girl or something. I don't know how to describe it, but the way she's embraced it, um, yeah, there's a winner there. I hope Adam Cole someday shows up in the AEW ring and they become a power team. That'd be a lot of fun. So in the end, it was a great show except for probably the ending. That headline match between Hagar and um, Moxley just didn't hit for me. You know, we made jokes about last week about how long the Edge Chris, the Edge um, Orton match went, and then Fred talked about the Gargano Champa. This was the same thing, and 
with no real history and deep story to go with it. So it, it to me it was even lesser. At least with the Edge Orton, it was Edge coming back for his first match in years, and him and Orton have a history. Uh, the Chiampa Gargano, the the big history between those two. This is the end of a feud. This one was just trying to start something new, and it just it was too long. I think it was you know well done. It was hyped well during the show, and and having all those MMA commentators kind of made it like had that big fight feel but in the end jake hager's not a main eventer um he's interesting he's he's good for like an in-between feud like this not your pay-per-view feud um to keep your champion in some kind of storyline but he can't really carry it if if there'd been a crowd maybe also jim ross he did a great job but it just was kind of flat with one person, probably kind of like what you're listening to right now without Fred here. Um, he needed a partner in that, I felt. As good of a job as he did, it just, with with no crowd and just kind of, it was long. It, yeah, no. <laughs> yeah, you could probably skip it. I, I, I mentioned that to Fred. He hadn't finished watching it. And I was like, well, you could probably skip that one. You've You've seen the best stuff already on the show and and that's all i watched i didn't watch mlw um i watched the dark side of the ring which also added to me hating vince and wwe so i'm not even gonna get into that yeah that was it for wrestling i i I hope i hope now that this thing is over with we can get back to like some positives um and get into a good groove um on the wrestling again um but if they're not opening the the doors we'll see what they do with live shows and things like that but that's all i got um like i said it's just a really quick show uh fred i don't know when he's going to be back he's taking a twitter break i thought i was going to take a twitter break but i'd go stir crazy if i didn't at least despite the cesspool of bullshit you have to wade through a lot there is some good stuff on there and there's some good people that put some tweets that make you smile and Share some cool comic book love um, mixed in with the crap. So um, I'm still around, probably a lot quieter than I've been in the past. Not that I've been very loud lately anyway. Um, and we'll see if I do another one on the show. We'll see if I <laughs> listen back to this and I just cringe and say, oh, fuck no. I'm just I'm packing it in until Fred gets ready to podcast again. Um, but that's it. This is my escape. So I wanted to escape for about 30 minutes and... You guys be safe. Um, you can find the show at nerdylegion.com. Um, you can find our show links at um, Indie Alley on Twitter. Uh, you can find me at Real Comics. And you can still probably leave a message for Fred at Comics Fred. Um, that's it. So, yeah. Uh, miss you, Donuts. Hope you're watching lots of Lucha, Lucha, Lucha. Peace out, everyone. Stay safe.